Welcome back to our podcast, The Hoops of Life. The Hoops of Life. <coughs> if you're still with us, please like and share our podcast with your friends. And tonight, I have a question for you, Dad. Okay, I'm ready. You know, for Christmas, you always pick an oatmeal raisin cookie over a chocolate chip. How can you, how can you pick an oatmeal raisin over a chocolate chip? You know, I was growing up on oatmeal, Carmelita, you know. My diet in the morning, you know, we never had bacon and eggs and potatoes. It was always oatmeal. Or... Maybe some atole? Yeah, some atole. You know, mainly it was oatmeal, you know, or cornflakes, you know, and, and some milk and, you know, I, I grew up poor, as they say, you know. Even though I I didn't know I was poor and didn't think I was poor, you know, I ate uh, oatmeal and I ate beans. And I, yeah, I didn't eat much chili, you know, because you know, for some reason we just didn't eat chili. But uh, I think that you are what you eat, you know. So I like oatmeal cookies way over chocolate chip, you know. And... and I didn't eat much chocolate back then. You know, we didn't have the money to go buy a Hershey bar. So, you know, it was mainly oatmeal, but we didn't really make oatmeal cookies. I just ate, ate oatmeal with, with raisins and sometimes with brown sugar. Well, I guess I myself like the chocolate chips better. <laughs> no, you know, I, I think that uh, chocolate is... is it's beautiful, yeah. It's it's uh, it's you know the the palate for lovers, yeah. It's I rich, think, you know. I mean, but but I never ate much chocolate. I I don't know why. You know, I had a chocolate. Uh, I mean, chocolate also isn't your favorite ice cream either. No, no, my favorite ice cream was mint chocolate mint chip. chocolate chip, but it didn't become my favorite ice cream until. 31 flavors came about, you know. When I was growing up, it was vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry. And I feel like you typically pick strawberry. I did, I did pick strawberry, yeah. I don't know why. I, I, I just felt that that was the, the color in between the other two. Maybe it was the strawberry blonde serving the strawberry. Could have been. <laughs> Barbara Short. There was a, a gal named Barbara Short that her dad owned an ice cream parlor right there on uh, College Street across what used to be Loretto Academy and St. Michael's High School back in, in the 50s. And the, the, uh, the ice cream store was called the Creamery. And uh, there was a gal there by the name of Barbara Short whose parents owned the... Uh, the ice cream parlor, and uh, whenever I could, could you know, scrounge up a nickel, you know, which was difficult in those times, uh, I'd go over there and get myself a strawberry ice cream cone. From Barbara Short. One scoop. <laughs> it was Barbara Short, a strawberry blonde? No, she was just a blonde, and uh, she, uh, she was a tall, skinny little, little thing, you know, but tall, yeah. 
She was just a nice, nice little old gal, yeah. And, and nice I went to gal. went went to school with her in elementary, and I think that my brother Jim probably graduated with her in high school. I think we better stop talking about Barbara Short. <laughs> I think so too. But you know, those, those those are memories, you know, and memories are memories are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Whether they're good memories or bad memories. You know, memories are just uh, memories. Yeah, the things you take with you. So, one of our listeners had a question for you. Okay. <laughs> what advice would you give to a new leader or a new coach? You know, I would, I would uh, probably tell them to make sure that they understand that there are going to be a lot of naysayers out there that 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 want you to uh, to fail. You know that you always have your your positive people that are supporting you, but you also have your people that are jealous or envious of your position that really don't want you to succeed deep down inside, even though they put a, a facade out there that they really do, you know. They're, they're for the team, but they're not necessarily for you, you know. So I, w- I would just tell them to just buckle up, you know, <laughs> make sure that they uh, they have tough skin and, uh, and, and don't listen, you know. Don't listen to anybody. Don't read the papers. Don't don't uh, put yourself in a situation to where you start listening to to sportscasters. And it's it's just like recently, you know, a, a thing came up where a wide receiver that plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that had a uh, situation come up where he took off his jersey, threw it in the stands, took up his T-shirt, threw it in the stands. Uh, took off his helmet, you know, and just walked off the field, you know. And everybody has has a um, opinion as to what happened, you know. And so I'm, I'm watching the sports first take, you know. And every and they say, well, the guy's a head case and, and he, uh, you know, he doesn't belong in football and this is going to be the last game he ever plays and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we weren't there, see. And I wasn't there. The the sportscasters that do the first take program, they weren't there. They really don't know what happened, what really took place. The only people that know what took place was around and, and the coach and maybe one or two players that were sort of close to the situation. And so before they... <coughs> really understand what really took place and we still don't know uh, everybody has an opinion and <laughs> you're probably going to delete this but opinions are like assholes everybody has one you were talking about some asshole coach or referee mm. the other day and you told me a story about some sports reporter that you told him that you knew that that other guy didn't have hemorrhoids. Oh, <laughs> that was just a 
I, I don't know where that came from, but I, uh, when I was coaching at the College of Santa Fe and we were playing in the finals of the District 7 championship, the, the, the coach on the other team, he didn't really respect our team. And we beat the team, but, but he didn't really want to shake my hand and, you know, things of that nature. We just, he didn't respect me. He didn't respect our team. He didn't respect the College of Santa Fe. And I made a statement over the radio that, that I know that that coach will never get hemorrhoids because he is a perfect asshole. And I probably shouldn't have said that, but it's, you know, it's just something I said and and I don't regret it. But sometimes you just make statements and it's sort of like a joke, but you know, it's something that I, and I don't regret it. I really don't because I... Because uh, it's how just, you felt at the moment. Yeah, that's the way I felt at the moment. And, and we did win the game and he should have had a little more respect for for our team, you know, because we did kick their butt. <laughs> You've had some good ones over the years. Like that year that you said that um, you had the team from the Wizard of Oz. No brains, no heart, and no courage. Well, you know, I, I had a team, and that, that was another statement that I made that my wife ups, gets upset with me because I, I made a statement that, you know, we had lost the game, and and uh, I, I felt at the time, I said that uh, we, my team is sort of like the Wizard of Oz, the movie, The Wizard of Oz, you know, which was actually produced and... and, and uh, filmed. Filmed in 1939, the year I was born. So, you know, there's a lot of things that happened in the year that I was born. And it's a, just a coincidence. <clears throat> but... I just felt at the time that we lost the game. I can't remember who we played. We we didn't really have a good season that year, and I just felt that my team was sort of like the the Wizard of Oz. We just had a team with combination, you know, of those three things, you know. But we did, we did the best we could, and, and we played hard, and and didn't win as many games as we as I wanted them to to win, yeah. And, and so I, you know, a lot of times I, I had a an athletic director, and he was actually the coach that, that we had talked about earlier, that coached me in little league, and coached me in junior high football, and coached me in track, and coached me in, in baseball, and and his name was Clyde Fawcett, and I told you that he was probably the coach that I learned the most of. But he also told me when he was the athletic director and I was the coach at the high school, he said for me to think before I speak, mm -hmm. which was good advice because sometimes <clears throat> I would speak too soon when somebody would ask me a question without really thinking about how I should answer the question. And sometimes I come up and say something stupid. Sort of like the song that uh, Frank Sinatra and Nancy Sinatra sang and recorded a long time ago called Something Stupid, you know. I'll have to listen to it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a cool song, you know. Well, lots of great things happened in 1939. You were born, 
Gone with the Wind came out, my favorite movie. The Wizard of Oz came out. And Wolf Creek Ski. <laughs> yep, was the first time that opened up in Colorado. 1939. close to Pagosa Springs. And, uh, you know, we go skiing every, every once in a while. And, uh, you know, Davy Pitcher is, is uh, a really great person. He, he was one of my basketball players in high school uh, at Santa Fe High. And he ended up making it a choice to quit basketball because skiing was more important for him at the time. His dad owned uh, the Santa Fe ski area, uh, Kingsbury Pitcher. And uh, he made the right choice. You know, I, I, I wish he would have continued to play because he was tall and we could have used him. And, but yet... In his heart, he was a true demon. Mm-hmm. He's still a true demon, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. You know he's. But a, he, he definitely made the right choice, and yeah, we're happy to to get to ski at Wolf Creek. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, he, uh, you know, he does a lot of things for a lot of schools. That he's a great person, and and I'm glad that he is, you know, a friend of mine. You know, he's he's sort of like my son. You have a lot of really amazing people that you have met through athletics yes, but I let's do. talk about let's talk a little bit more about those people the people that don't have heart or they don't have courage or a brain you know those those people are problem athletes and how do you go about that I mean in life we have problem athletes but we also have problem employees or people that just are difficult for us to deal with so how do you deal with those people you know you have to uh, deal with them individually, you know, find out what's what's bothering them. Uh, sometimes it's it's difficult to get them to, you know, to communicate. But communication is one of the keys to uh, to getting getting along with everybody. You know, you have to to communicate. Mm-hmm. You know, there there you you have to listen and hear to what people are saying. You have to look and see what's around you. But most importantly, you have to communicate. And that, that brings me back to the O'Brown situation, which happened, you know, in uh, just this past week in a game where he was asked to go into the game or, or told to go into to the game. And, and according to what hearsay, you know, he said that his ankle was hurting and he couldn't didn't feel he could go and do a good job. But again, that's just hearsay. And we don't really know what happened there, but I think the lines of communication broke down between mm-hmm. the coach and the athlete, the trainer and the athlete. Uh, and that's why com- communication is so important. You have to have balance with everything and and a lot of times you have a player that's sort of aloof and he sort of goes off to the corner by himself and 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 communication is really important and it's not necessarily communication with the coach and the player it could be player to player it could be you know the equipment manager to the player uh it could be anything you know i i know one time i had a <coughs> You know, custodians, custodians have the hardest job that, you know, 
that you have in athletics because they, after the game, before the game is, is being played, they, they, they have to clean the gym, they have to clean, make sure the lockers are ready. They have to do so many things that... Uh, that go unnoticed. That go unnoticed and, and it's prior proper planning. They, they try to make sure that, that, they, that they do a good job of, of keeping the visitor's locker room you know, spotless and, and, and germ-free and, you know, make sure there's toilet paper in the, in, in the toilet areas. And then after the game is all over, they have to clean that mess up that, that everybody left in the gym. You know, they have to push the bleachers in. They have to sweep all the pinon shells <laughs> off of the floor. Yeah, especially in Española and, and in Santa Fe in northern New Mexico, you know, or sunflower seeds or whatever, you know. But but because I I loved the custodians that that I worked with, you know, and they uh, they they were in, in a very very important part of, of of our success at Santa Fe High. So, and again, it was communication and just giving them a pat on the back and and a, a friendly hello uh i just think and probably that, respect because i think oh yeah, a lot well, of people well that that's where communication comes in you know and uh spiff i remember there was one his his nickname was spiff you know you have uh the, those peoples and when i was in pueblo colorado there was one guy that he would always be there taking care of the gym. You know, at one time, after I go through my whole life, you know, I think that the job that I would like to be is a custodian in a big gymnasium, you know. And then I would run into an athlete and I would say, hey, buddy, I think you need to do this thing like this and let me work with you on this move. And he's probably going to say, what do you think you're doing, old man? You're just a custodian, you know? Yeah. But he doesn't really know what I've been, you know? Mm-hmm. Or what anybody else has been. You know, just, you know, we're just talking here. <laughs> well, we don't know anybody else's Sometimes I get off, wound up, and go off in a, in a tangent. No, but it's the know? truth, you know? We don't know the other person's struggle or the other person's story or what they know all about. We yeah. don't know what people do with their time. No, that's true, you know, and, and, and that's where communication comes in. So, another question for you. In college, your nickname was Attitude. Attitude. So, <laughs> I think that could be because maybe you were a problem athlete. Maybe you, you had know, too big of one. No, you know, what happened was was I uh, thought I was a pretty good player, you know, and and I would... I just always wanted to be on the court. I wanted to be on the field. I wanted to be in the action. And whenever the coach would pull me out, for whatever reason, probably to give me a rest or or just to make a, a, pro, a better substitution at the time, uh, to put a better scorer in. And, you know, I was more of a defensive player than I was a, a an offensive player. And But I would get upset you know, because I was pulled out, you know, which was sort of selfish, you know. But but that was my nickname, Attitude, and I don't know whether it was a bad attitude or a good attitude. I hope it was a good attitude.
What do you think it was? I thought it was right in the middle, you know, little combination of the two. I was a bad attitude because I got pulled out of the game, but a good attitude because I wanted to get back into the game. Yeah, that's true. It depends on how you look at it, right? Definitely. There's two sides to every situation. Then your attitude determines your altitude, supposedly. That's true. You know, I had a an athlete one time at, uh, in a game. I always had sort of like a like a, a rule for myself that whenever I took somebody out of the game, it was best to just leave them alone. You know, just, you know, if I took them out of the game for him making a mistake or took him out for giving him a rest or for whatever reason, I always told myself not to approach that player after having him come to the bench. And sometimes I didn't follow my own little rule, and so I, I went to this player that I that I pulled out of the game, and I chewed him out. To you know, told him, "Hey, you should have been doing this, or you're not playing proper defense, or you didn't screen out, or you didn't box out, or whatever." And the player told me, "F you," <laughs> you know. <laughs> it was something that you know, as you asked me before. What should a coach do? You know, some of the lessons that a coach should learn is, you know, if, if you do take somebody out of the game, just let them go to the bench and smelter on their own and, you know, think about what they did or didn't do or whatever, rather than approach them and tell them, you know, something negative or something positive or whatever. Just leave them alone. Just continue to coach the people that are on the court or on the field, you know. So that's one of the pieces of advice. Too. You know, coaching is a tough profession. Uh, everybody has has the answer. Everybody's a coach in the stands. Uh, they've never lost a game. You mm-hmm. know? And, uh, you know, that, that takes me to a song that I wrote called I'm a Better Coach on Monday than I was on Sunday afternoon, you know, because on Sunday afternoon I made some mistakes, possibly, and, and you always look back at things that you could have done, you know, and, and again, that's going to be a big situation. That's going to be a big question with Antonio Brown and whether he is going to play for the Bucks or not. The coach said that he is off the team, but yet now things are turning around and he may be back on the team before we know it, or he may not. Time will tell. Yeah. To be continued. <laughs> well, and I think that going back to taking your own advice and not talking to somebody after you've pulled them out of the game, that's called consistency, right? Like, had you taken your own advice, you would have been a little bit more consistent. But that's also giving people an opportunity to cool down. And in life, sometimes we have to let our significant others cool down. We have to let... Just yeah. the people that were around, you know, the people in the workplace, give them an opportunity to, to think, think before you speak. That's the advice that I got from Clyde Fawcett. You know, he said, think before you speak and, you know, don't do anything before you, before you think, you know, you know, and, and that's part of communication. And, and I 
listened to his advice, but sometimes I didn't follow through the way, you know, he meant for me to, to follow through. I did, you know, I've, I've definitely have done a lot of dumb things in my life, but my life's not over and I'm probably gonna continue to do some more dumb things. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for listening this week and we hope you keep listening and like and share our podcast, The Hoops of Life. And we'll see you on the podcast. See you on the radio.